No, we got a lot to get through. Let's let's rock. All right. Today, the goal is very simple. You're going to leave this webinar with a proven system to generate at least 100 viral content ideas in under 30 minutes. That's our promise to you. So pay attention, get your pencils out, get your notes ready, because by the end of this, you're going to be overflowing with ideas to write about. So if you have the problem of staring at a blank page, that blinking cursor staring back at you, our goal is to solve that problem by the end of this video. That's right. And we're going to go through a lot. This is going to move quick. All right. Our goal is not to do a bunch of hand wavy stuff. We want to give you highly actionable frameworks. So we're going to move quickly, but don't worry if you feel like you missed something or you didn't write something down as quick enough. We're also going to send a replay afterwards that you can go through as well. So take away the gold nuggets that you can and know that you can always come back to it. All right, Dickie, this is always the big slide, big slide of the day. This is the endless idea generator in one screenshot. By the end of this, you will know exactly what every single one of these um, sections means. It's basically three parts. We're going to go through choosing your proven topics. We're going to help you figure out which piece of credibility is right for you. And then we're going to take you through a step-by-step -step guide to our 4A framework, which says, hey, if you have one idea, it doesn't mean you have one ideas. It really means you have 100, 200, 300 ideas. And we're going to help you walk step-by-step step through taking your idea and going through these proven approaches. And I can't wait. I'm like itching to get to the 4A framework because I know it's a, a mind-blowing kind of uh, unveiling for a lot of people when we get there. But we got to start with choosing your proven topics that starts with the two-year test. Cole, you want to talk about it? Awesome. So Here's ultimately what goes into generating infinite ideas, all right? The first big thing that you need to understand is that idea generation is a skill. It's not something that you just wake up in the morning and magically these ideas show up and, you know, then everything's taken care of. Coming up with ideas is a skill. And so what we're going to walk you through is a framework where you can practice that skill and generate ideas over and over and over again. And, and the key pieces here are the topic, what do you want to write about? The credibility, why should the reader trust you to write about that topic? And we'll talk about personal credibility and borrowed credibility. And then third is the structure. So we call these, you know, you have different paths, different approaches. How are you actually walking the reader through that idea? Okay. So the first thing is the topic. Uh, Dickie, maybe you want to you dig into this. Where does everyone go wrong with picking the topic? Everyone goes wrong by picking a big, broad, general topic. So to start, drop in the chat, what is one topic right now that you think you want to write about? So I'll use a couple pull examples from the chat here. Go ahead and drop in the chat. What do you want to write about? There is, is right away, people say something like productivity or health or wellness or what I don't, I don't even know. Very Web broad relationships, right? Strategy branding, big, broad, general topics that, to be honest, are way too broad, have way too much competition and aren't going to unlock kind of the real big benefits of putting content out on the internet that come with specificity. That's right. So here's the key. Whenever you think to yourself, I want to write about X, that is version one. And your goal is to add modifier words to get to version two, version three, version four, that get more specific over time, okay? Specificity is the secret. So the first big question that people ask is, well, but wait, okay, maybe you don't know what you want to write about. 
I'm not sure which topics I want to dig into. Maybe you have a big, broad topic. I want to write about productivity, or maybe you're starting from a complete blank slate. Okay. The whole key to coming up with ideas, and it doesn't matter if you have blank slate, zero idea, or you have big, broad topic. The whole key is using what we call the two-year test. And the two-year test basically says, who were you two years ago? Could be two weeks ago, two months ago, even two days ago, but two years ago is a good way of thinking about it. Who were you two years ago? What problems did you have? What questions did you have? What skills were you thinking about building in yourself? What life transitions hadn't you gone through yet, right? Who were you two years ago? And who are you now? And who you were two years ago is your target reader. That is the easiest way of thinking about how do I generate new ideas? Here's the breakthrough belief to have here is that most beginner writers think they have to be an expert in something before they can write about it. And they look at all the big, broad topics and they're like, I'm just not an expert. I don't think I have anything credible enough to say on this. But what the two-year test does is help you realize you are an expert in exactly the things you've experienced over the last two years. So when you start to reflect on this question, a lot of things should come up. You've definitely built a lot of skills. You've overcome a lot of struggles. You've gone and learned new topics and life transitions and all these other things that once you start to make this big, long list, that is all the raw material you have to write about. So Cole, if you flip to the next slide, you'll see some examples. Maybe in the last two years, you went from, hey, I used to have a very strange diet to now, boom, I'm a vegan. Or maybe you just started exercising or you graduated college, you got married, you learned email marketing. These are all the raw materials that you have at your disposal to start writing about. So the very first part of the endless idea generator is letting you realize, hey, no matter who you are, you have a ton to write about. And let's unlock that with the two-year test. Yes. And so where the two-year test comes into play with specificity, right, is you want to think about, okay, what do, what do I want to write about broadly? And then how do I get more specific based on what I've experienced, right? Because you, it, someone might say, I want to write about wellness, right? But how you get more specific is you go, well, actually, you know, two years ago, I wasn't a vegan and now I am a vegan. So I want to write about you know, veganism, but then you can get even more specific, right? You don't want to just write about veganism broadly. You want to write about how someone can get started being a vegan because you got started being a vegan, right? So the more that you can tie specificity to the two-year test, the easier it is to start coming up with ideas to write about. So we'll dig into some of those specificity topics, but the big thing to take away here is that all you're doing with the two-year test is finding out all the parts of your life that have become incredibly obvious to you, but are incredibly novel to other people. And that's what you're going to write about. You have a ton of experience and the two-year test will help you unlock that. So now drop in the chat one topic based on the two-year test, just thinking about what are some problems you've solved that you could potentially write about from here. Yeah. The hospitality so industry. Yeah. What's something that you started, right? Or something that you learned how to do or a transition that you experienced. Like a great example we talk about, I just moved from LA to Miami three months ago, right? Now I can't go write about, hey, here's everything that you can do in Miami. That's broad and I don't know yet, but I can certainly write about how to move across the country to Miami, right? Because I just experienced it. 
I see a lot of much tighter and clearer examples here of things learned how to read Tarot, learned email marketing for entrepreneurs, started running ultra marathons, right? Learned how to research a patent. Those are all great things that once you just unlock of saying, hey, I have a lot of experience with this. I could go write about it. That's part one of the endless idea generator. From here, we're going to add specificity. So Cole, you want to give an overview of this one? Yeah. So the the whole key to the endless idea generator is when you start more specific, it actually is easier to come up with even more topics. So the reason we got to go through step one is because we got to get out of big, broad territory and we got to start getting a little bit more specific because then as you start getting more and more specific, what happens is you become the de facto quote unquote expert because what you're talking about is so specific and relevant to whatever it is that you've experienced. And we're going to talk about the difference between personal credibility and borrowed credibility. And in both cases, you want to be hyper-specific about why the reader should trust you. Okay. Cause this is, this is really important in order for the reader to give you their attention. They need to know, well, why should I listen to you? Right. And so the way to get more specific here is you either add specificity to the point where you are the expert, right? So using the LA to Miami example, right? I'm, I'm not a travel guru, so I'm not going to try and pretend to be one, but I did just move across the country so I can talk about what that's like, right? So you get so specific on, hey, I experienced this so I can talk about it, right? And also thinking about who was the version of you two years ago? Because to that person, you are an expert, right? You did the thing that someone else is thinking about doing. And so this, this is one of the big beliefs that you need, you know, we need to break. The key belief here is that if you feel like you are not an expert, you are simply not being specific enough, right? So Cole, if you wanted to create the ultimate guide to moving to Miami, I would add specificity with how to do it with a dog, right? Because yes. you had to move from LA to Miami with a dog. What does that mean? You had to drive. Here's the route I took. Here's what I wish I would have done when I packed up all my stuff because I ended up having to ship it across the country. It took two extra weeks, right? You have such a unique set of experiences moving from LA with a dog, shipping half your stuff and driving here. Those are all the layers of specificity that you could add to now, boom, you are maybe the most qualified person in the world to talk about that exact thing. Yes. And that, that is where the belief is you don't have to, you don't have to be, you know, Tony Robbins or Oprah or some like massive person in order to talk about things. You just need to get specific enough to the point where you're saying, I experienced this. And so let me tell you what I learned. Right. And so there's a bunch of different ways that you can get more specific here. And here's, you know, seven very common ways of, of doing this, of niching down, right? Getting more and more and more specific. So if we stick with the LA to Miami example, right? By price, here's how to move from LA to Miami for under five grand, all in, right? Here's how to do it for less than $5,000. By problem, here's how to move from LA to Miami if you want to do it in three days, not seven days. Like, oh, okay, well, that's a different problem. I got to get there in one weekend. How do I do it, right? By industry, here's how to move across the country if your company isn't willing to give you time off to move, 
Oh, that's a different problem, right? By location, here are all the different places that you should stay when you're moving across the country from LA to Miami, right? Here, here are the coolest Airbnbs in each state along the way, okay? By situation, right? How do you move with a dog? How do you move with, uh, how do you move with a dog that gets car sick, right? Like more and more and more specific by experience, how to move across the country if you've never moved across the country before, right? Oh, you're afraid of this happening. You're unsure of this happening, right? By demographic, how do you move across the country if you just graduated from college and you have no money to move, right? So all of a sudden you take one idea and you start getting more specific by all these different ways. And now we just rambled off. Those are seven different ideas. And inside each of those seven different ideas are seven more different ideas. Wait a second though, Cole, because if I get this specific, that means no one's going to read it. That means right. there's no way there's anyone out there. When I start, if I don't talk about relationships or productivity, there's just not enough people out there that are going to read what I have to say. What would you say about that? This is everyone's biggest fear. If I get more specific, then that means I'm cutting readers out. Okay. But no, this is not true. So real quick, drop, drop in the chat, take whatever you said you wanted to write about and who imagine the person, who do you want that to be? right? Where do they live? How old are they? You know, what degree do they have or don't have? What industry are they in? Right? I see a great one here. Moving to a new country in your 40s, right? How to immigrate in your 40s is much different than immigrating in your 20s, right? Building personal brand on LinkedIn for junior marketers, much better yes. than just building a personal brand, right? As you add this level, layer of specificity, remember, using the tier test, you want to just create the person that you were two years ago, because that's, you've solved that problem. You know exactly who it is you're writing for. If you could go back and write a letter to your two year ago self on any skill that you've developed, more than likely you would save yourself tons of time. And that's what you're doing when you start to share your ideas. It's you're distilling all of your experience over two years, 10 years, five years, whatever it is, and writing a letter to your former, former self saying, Hey, I've gone through all this here's everything I wish I knew back then. And that's what you unlock when you start to share with things that you've solved in the past. Here's an amazing example in the chat, running a business online for farmers market vendors. Okay. Now, if you say, I want to write about running a business online, if that's all you said, how many farmers market vendors are going to see that and click on that? Probably not very many. Why? Because they don't see themselves in it, right? But the moment you say, hey, this is specifically for you, farmer's market vendors, a farmer's market vendor looks at that and goes, I'm going to read all of it because you are saying it's for me, right? And this is the, the hardest belief for people to break is they think I need to go as broad as possible because I want everyone. And in actuality, it's the opposite. If you try and write something for everyone, you write something for no one. So you want to get more specific. Okay. So here we talked about the topic and we talked about um, the using the two-year test and, and getting more and more specific. Next, we need to talk about the credibility. Okay. All right. Because let's pause before we get on this. Take a deep breath because we just sprinted through a ton. We looked at your topics. We brainstormed them with the two-year test. And then we added specificity. That is just the first part. 
by now you should have at least one topic that you're interested in writing about with some kind of specificity, right? Breaking into career at breaking into a tech career at the age of 30. I love that idea, right? You can get more specific, but that's what we're going to go from here is the credibility, which is two different ways of thinking about your topic. So let's go back to this example of um, what do we want to use for this one, Cole? What's, what's a good example of something that can be both niche and broad? Um, I mean, we talk about copywriting all the time. Copywriting is a per great example. Perfect. So let's go with copywriting. Now, there's a couple of ways you could talk about copywriting. One, you could say copywriting for email marketers looking to sell health and wellness supplements, right? Getting super specific, people with a product for sale. And you go and share everything about how to create a perfect email campaign. You know, you work as a copywriter for email marketers and you go and share everything. That's a very specific thing. But then copywriting in general is more of a broad topic. So there's two ways to think about the credibility. You can either add enough specificity where you have the personal credibility to write about it, which is I've done this before and I know the answer. Or broadly, you can say, hey, I'm not an expert, but I went out and looked at all these experts, heard what they had to say, distilled what they said, and here it is packaged up nicely for you, right? So it's this barbell of you have some things that you know incredibly well, and you get so specific that you can share your expertise, or you go as broad as possible and say, hey, I'm not the one, I'm not the expert here, but I went and learned from all the experts. I've curated what they have to say, and I'm going to share it that way. Yes. So here's a great example, okay? Because a lot of times people think, oh, it's like this imposter syndrome feeling, you know? Oh, I, I have to have achieved all of these amazing things in order for people to trust me. No, not necessarily, right? So here's a great example of the same topic, but executed with two different types of credibility. So personal credibility, you know, for years, I was a ghostwriter. I had a ghostwriting agency. I've ghostwritten for hundreds and hundreds of executives, right? I've, I've written ghostwritten thousands of pieces. That's personal credibility. I say, hey, I've experienced this thing. I've done this thing. Let me pass along some of my frameworks. Let me pass along some of my templates, right? Dickie goes... And Dickie, when you wrote this, you know, you were just getting started in writing. It's not like you were some guru, right? And when you wrote this, it was, hey, I'm not saying I'm the expert. I'm saying I went out and I found the expert and I'm distilling everything they said down into something digestible. And both work. And it's very freeing because you might not be a, a total expert, but what you're going to do when you borrow credibility and go research the experts and share what they had to say, you're going to learn much faster. So my first year of learning the craft of writing, all I did was look up what the experts have done, distill what they had, and then shared it. I ended up doing that enough where now I can come up with my own frameworks because I've seen all these different moving pieces. I have a good idea of how the game works, and now I can come up with my own. So if you're a beginner saying, hey, I'm not really an expert in any topic, but I want to learn about these things, do the two-year test in reverse and say, what are all the things I want to learn over the next two years? How can I go research those and share those along the way so that while I'm learning, I'm going to build an audience in the process, I'm going to learn faster, and I'm going to unlock all the upsides that come with just putting things out there. And the big key here is that you can and should do both. So here's another example of the same thing, but flipped. So this time 
Dickie's the one using personal credibility. Hey, I spent over 500 hours studying legendary authors and copywriters. And here I'm borrowing credibility. I'm saying, hey, I'm not telling my story as a writer. I'm telling Ryan Holiday, another writer's story, right? And so it's actually not about doing one or the other. There's benefits of doing both. And so the thing to remember with credibility is the reader just needs a reason to trust you. So think of it like, you know, when you go to a dinner party and you overhear someone talking and they're like, yeah, you know, I just bought my first, you know, rental property or whatever. And then you come up and you're like, hey, I, I'm thinking about buying a rental property. You know, can you give me some insight? The reason you trust that person isn't because they're like the biggest expert on earth. It's just they already did the thing that you want to do, right? They're one step ahead of you. So all you need to do is just tell the reader either, hey, I'm one step ahead of you, or I went out and I found the person who's one step ahead of you. And this is what you need to know. The way I like to think about this is think back to third grade. When you were in third grade and you looked at an eighth grader, it was like they were an alien. They, they had a, a completely different life. They went to a different school. It was like, I'm not even interested in what they're doing. But the coolest, coolest people on earth were the fourth graders. They were one step ahead of you. And all you wanted to know was, hey, what's you get 20 extra minutes of recess. How's that? Or why wow, you get to go a different part of the lunchroom. What is that like? Or what is this teacher like? Or what's this topic like? And it's just one step ahead. And the realization is that on the internet, we are all third graders. We all have something we could share with the people behind us and learn from the people in front of us. So you don't have to be an expert in something to write about it. All you have to do is be one step ahead of someone and share what you're learning along the way. I love that example. Yeah. You just want to know what's up with the fourth graders. That's it. So real quick, which one of these do you find yourself gra gravitating to? You know, And again, you can and should use both, but oftentimes people gravitate to one or the other, at least to start. You know, are you thinking more, I want to lean into personal credibility or are you wanting to lean into borrowed credibility? You want to curate other people's. Yeah. Seeing a bunch of both. And here's the thing is that there's benefits of doing both, right? I mean, you want to say, Hey, here's how I'm thinking about it, but you also want to say, here's how other really smart people are thinking about it, right? Your, your audience on that given topic wants all of it. They want to know what you think and they want to know what all the other smart people in your niche and in your category think, right? So you want to do both. All right. Another deep breath. We did the topic. We did the credibility. How's it going so far? Drop in the chat. Is Are these frameworks helpful so far? Any mind-blowing moments? Any realizations? Can we keep going? Do we need to pause at all? Should we keep going? Credibility is great. Keep going. Awesome. Okay. From here. We're going to go through the proven paths and approaches, which is the 4A framework. So the 4A framework is my favorite part of this whole presentation. And it's this idea that any idea on the internet or in the world, you can say in one of four ways. There's actionable, which is here's how. There's analytical, which is a breakdown. There's aspirational, which is a story saying here's how and yes, you can. And then anthropological, which is here's why, kind of speaking to the human nature. Now, Go ahead and drop in the chat. What comes to mind if you think of a book in the personal finance world? What are some personal finance books that come to mind? Anything that you guys immediately have read on the topic? Um, drop that in the chat. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Psychology of Money. Awesome. 
this is a very big topic, right? Personal finance. There's so many different ways that you could potentially talk about it. But once you see the 4A framework, you can't unsee it. Because what does this look like for the personal finance topic as you go through all of these books? It looks like this. If you jump in, there you go, right? So here it is, personal finance with the 4A framework, right? I will teach you to be rich. That is actionable. Analytical, changing world order from Ray Dalio. Aspirational, rich dad, poor dad from Robert Kiyosaki. And then anthropological, psychology of money. One topic, personal finance, four different buckets like this. And people can build an entire career around one bucket in one of these frameworks, right? All uh, Ramit Sethi does, if you've read any of his stuff, it's like pure action. But if you read Psychology of Money, it's like, hey, you don't even know what you don't know about money. And I'm going to show you how, right? So I hope this unlock is right away a, hey, I might want to talk about actionable productivity tips for this type of person, or I want to share my journey exploring productivity and how I went from a toxic relationship to a great one, right? There's tons that you can share with these examples, but I, I love this slide because it drives the point home that if you think you have one idea, you don't, you could say it in four ways. And now we're going to show you the thousand different ways that you can say each of these. Yeah. So how does this connect back, right? Remember when we started with what's the topic? If you just said, I want to write about money, well, it's there's a gazillion different ways you can write about money, right? Or if you say, I, I just want to write about real estate, well, there's a gazillion different ways you can write about real estate, right? And so part of narrowing down is figuring out not just topic and getting more specific, but how do you want to write about the topic, right? Are you going to instruct people actionable? Are you going to give them data and trends and analysis? on the topic, analytical, right? Do you just want to motivate them, right? You're not really giving them like a how-to guide. You're just like, I did it and you can too, aspirational. Or are you like, hey, you're not even thinking about this the right way, anthropological. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to reframe your thinking, right? And so each one of these, usually people gravitate to one of these. You can combine them, but ultimately they, people gravitate to one of these. So let's walk through each one so that you understand how to execute this. Right. The first one is actionable. Actionable is anytime you see how to, right? Here's how to buy your first rental property. Here's how to start eating gluten free. Here's how to install a refrigerator, right? Here's how to improve yourself by meditating every day. Action. And so part of writing actionable content is being very specific about, hey, reader you're struggling with this problem, I'm going to walk you through step-by-step step how to go from A to C, right? So if you find yourself writing about that type of thing, if you like writing instructional content, it's worth being conscious of and going, oh, I'm an actionable writer. So what does that mean? All of the ideas you come up with should be actionable ideas. Here's how to do this. Here's how to do that. And these are some of the proven approaches within the actionable framework. You have you share your tips. Here's some tools you use. Here's some quick hacks or pieces of advice that you wish you had. Here's the resources to learn, frameworks that are helpful, ultimate guides to do something step-by-step, -step, or you can curate the best books, podcasts, Twitter threads, LinkedIn posts, blog posts, TED Talks. All of that is actionable to help someone take action on whatever the core idea is. Now, next one. The next one is analytical. Cole, you want to break this one down? 
So analytical is anytime you are analyzing, right? What's working. And typically it's, I'm noticing some data points. I'm noticing some trends. I'm noticing some reasons. Like here's reasons why this happens, right? You're looking at something and you're extracting insight. So analytical content, you know, someone actionable might go, here's how to buy your first rental property. But someone analytical might go, hey, I went and analyzed all the rental properties in the Chicagoland area. And here are the three geographies where the numbers say you're going to get the best ROI on the properties that you buy. Two completely different types of writers, right? But both very compelling and both are going to attract different types of readers. So any industry, literally this all, the 4A framework works for every industry on planet earth. Analytical is thinking about what are some of the data points that are worth paying attention to, right? So we, we do this in digital writing all the time. Some of the content we do is analytical. We went, hey, we went and wrote 100 Twitter threads. Here were the 10 that we noticed that really stood out because of how well they were performing. We did an analysis on our writing. And these are some of the most helpful ones that once you've done a lot of work, you can do a postmortem and say, hey, I did X, Y, and Z. Here's some things I learned, right? Trends, numbers, reasons, examples of what worked, teardowns, breaking down something, a swipe file with tons of examples. So a lot on the analytical side. And we'll show you after how to combine analytical with a couple of the other proven approaches that is really helpful. From here, we go to aspirational. So we started with actionable. Then we went to um, analytical. Now we are on aspirational, which is sharing your story. So for a lot of people, they love writing about their experience, right? Things they've learned along the way, lessons, mistakes, reflections, personal stories of growth, right? Underrated traits. These are helping the reader understand, hey, I know where you are and here's where I used to be. Here's where I am now. And you can get there too. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a great example of this. It's basically his entire story learning about money through the lens of having one person in his life that really understood money and one who didn't and how he had to unlearn all of these poor beliefs along the way and saying, hey, if you kind of were raised like this and have these current beliefs, here's how to unlearn them. A lot of people really resonate with this because they love to talk about what they've done. And it's extremely helpful when you were about to go on a new path and you can look at someone ahead of you and say, they've done this, I can do this too. And here are all the things they've avoided that's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of headache, and you can really develop a strong audience if you're continuing to tell your story along the way. Aspirational content is primarily, uh, you know, if actionable is like, here's the steps, like literally one, two, three, this is what you have to do. Aspirational content typically speaks more to the, and here's the fears holding you back, right? Here, Here's the emotional blocks that you're facing. It's not that you don't know what to do, right? It's that you're getting in your own way, right? There's a reason why we love these stories of like, oh, this person overcame this tremendous obstacle, right? Because what, what the story is really doing is reminding us that we can do it too, right? That's why the aspirational is, you know, I did it, you can too in some way. So what you'll find is as you write, you're going to gravitate to one of these buckets. You're going to notice, oh, when I tell aspirational stories, oh, readers really love it. And when I get into the, the actionable stuff, eh, readers aren't as engaged. Okay, maybe I'm more of an aspirational writer, right? Or vice versa, right? And the last, the last piece is anthropological. This, this one is probably the, the rarer one of the four. 
but psychology of money is a great example, right? Psychology of money doesn't tell you step-by-step how to open an IRA, right? It doesn't tell you step-by-step how to create a personal finance budget, right? And it also doesn't really motivate you. It's not like the author's like, I did it and you can too, right? The whole book is like, hey, here's a little story. And isn't that interesting how the way that we're all taught to think about money isn't actually what the successful people do, right? It's more of a thinking reframe. And so here, it's also speaking to like, what are the underlying reasons why people are the way that they are? And aspirational is like, reader, I'm going to speak directly to your fears. Anthropological is like, hey, here's, here's why lots of people in society do what they do, right? It's almost more psychology based. And so again, the more you write online, the more you're going to learn based on how readers engage with your work, which one of these four A's is your sweet spot, right? Because the data is going to tell you. And we always get this question. So we just ran through all the four A's. The big question is, can you combine them? And definitely the answer is yes. And to be honest, some of the most successful content you will see is some kind of combination like these. It's actionable and analytical. Like I studied a hundred landing pages, broke them all down. Here's why it works and a step-by-step guide to creating your own, right? Or aspirational and anthropological. I used to have a horrible relationship with money. Here's my story. And then here's how I fixed it and why it happened. Or here's how you can too, right? You combine these and it really creates a potent framework. So the 4A framework, if anything, it makes you a better reader because now every time you come across a piece of content, you're going to say, which of these four buckets is it falling in, right? You'll find, hey, I actually really like to read aspirational stuff, but I like to write actionable content. Right. So the 4A framework is just a quick way of saying whatever it is you're writing about, don't think I'm writing about money. I'm writing about actionable money content for this, that, and the other person. Right. There's all these different buckets you can choose, which should broaden the universe and help you understand that again, there's a lot that you can write about. Yeah. So let's do a quick check here. Drop in the chat. Which one of these do you find yourself gravitating to? Or which one have you written more of in the past? You know, is there one of these where you go, oh, wow, after seeing this, you know, I am, I am an actionable writer day in and day out, you know, or are you thinking, oh, you know what? I never really thought about it, but I would love to write more aspirational content. You know, the, the whole key here is oftentimes writers just sit down and they just kind of go, okay, let's just see what words come out. Right. And it's a very like spray and pray approach to writing. But our goal is to make all of these decisions conscious. So when you sit down to write, you should ask yourself, am I writing an actionable piece? Am I writing an analytical piece? Am I writing an aspirational piece? Or am I writing an anthropological piece? And even just starting with that is going to change how you think about, well, then what are you saying? Right. Because you know, oh, if I'm writing an actionable piece, I should structure this in steps. Right. Whereas, oh, I'm writing an analytical piece. I should structure this in reasons why things are happening or data points or statistics, right? So picking the direction is what really drives the writing. All right, deep breath, time to recap. We've covered a ton. We're gonna run through exactly the system again and then give you the recap slide that you can take a screenshot of as you want to continue generating ideas. So we started with the endless idea generator, which are three pillars, picking your topic, finding your credibility, and going through the proven paths and approaches. 
We started with the two-year test. That feels like a month ago. We've covered so much in this, in this video. The two-year test, finding the topics that you are credible enough to write about, reflecting over the last two years, skills, struggles, transformations, hobbies, stories, topics. It's all there. What I like to do, I don't have my journal next to me, but I take one page, I put two-year test at the top, and I brainstorm a big list, as many of these as possible. Once you start to kind of give yourself the, the ability to get those ideas out, they're going to start to flow. Then you get specific. You choose one of these specificity levers, one of these seven on the side. You can use as many of those as you want. The goal is to ramp these up until you are an expert on your topic. That's when you have a specific of specific enough topic when you take these seven levers. And the easiest way to do this, who were you two years ago? Write to that person, right? So I was a beginner living in this city with this amount of money. Then you have your credibility, which is I have my niche topic. That's exactly who I was two years ago. Then I have my broad topic and I'm going to borrow credibility from that side. You can do both. You can go learn from the experts and share, and you can also share your exact experience with uh, personal credibility, or you can use borrowed credibility. Then from there, lastly, we explored the 4A framework, which is hopefully opening up your brain of all the different things you could go write about, the different ways you could write them, the different proven approaches on each of those. And with that gets us to the endless idea generator in one slide. Like we said at the beginning, we we're going to run through this entire thing. Hopefully this all makes sense and you can screenshot this, use this. I think if you block 30 minutes, do the two-year test, add some specificity and go down the proven approaches, you're going to have at least a hundred ideas to write about, maybe even more. That's a marathon right there. I hope everyone was taking notes. Take a screenshot of this too, like Dickie said. Um, let's see though, what was most helpful? I mean, it, which one of these frameworks, you know, you go, okay, this is really going to guide my idea generation and my writing process to your test is super powerful. You know, put yourself in your shoes two years ago. What are all the questions you had? What are, what were your hopes, dreams, and ambitions? You know, what skills didn't you have yet? Right. What about specificity? You know, have you typically just gone, oh, I want to write about big, broad topics, Hopefully you can get more and more specific so that you understand, okay, if I want to get the, my target reader's attention, I need to say, this is for you, right? Different types of credibility. Why should the reader trust you? Personal credibility, borrowed credibility, and the four A's. The four A framework is so underrated. Even if you just sit down when you write and ask yourself, which direction am I writing? Actionable analytical, aspirational, anthropological. That alone is going to impact your writing in such an exponential way. 